welcome to the Thought Leader Show. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode, Thought Leaders. My name is Andres Lopez Varela. And I am Beck Sands. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for um, for tuning in for another great chat. Beck, who, who are we talking to today? I am really excited to be chatting with our guest today, who is John Priest. Uh, he is the Chief Property Officer at Hub Australia and John and I used to work together back in my property days. Uh, he was heading up the Occupier Services Division uh, and I was in PR. Right. And yeah, and he was awesome when we worked together and he's awesome now. So I've been seeing his... He just continues to be awesome. He does he gets continue even awesome. to be awesome. And so I've been seeing his posts on uh, LinkedIn and particularly LinkedIn. In. Um, he loves that as a channel and his posts are just awesome so he talks a lot about the future of work um, and offices and things like that and he's just always got something different to say and you know he he's not afraid to kind of rock the boat so yeah it's, it's been really good so I wanted to pick his brain about uh, how he comes up with his ideas and how he, you know, maintains that visibility and things like that. I think it's really interesting because John's got, you know, many decades of experience in commercial property under his belt. And then he pivoted to, you know, a sort of a different role um, at Hub Australia, which is uh, a, a company that does, uh, you know, co-working, flexible working spaces. Uh, but all through that time, John, John has remained like this passionate advocate for flexible work, uh, really sort of, you know, um, to your point, you know, um, found his uh, found his purpose around talking about how structural changes in um, in how businesses use workplaces uh, present a lot of opportunities uh, for knowledge workers, for businesses and the community at large. So uh, we're really looking forward to unpicking what it is to be a thought leader uh, with John. Uh, and we're very happy uh, that he's decided to join us for a chat. Uh, and, uh, and, and we're going to speak to him now. So let's get into it. Thought leaders, put your headphones in, turn the volume up, get pumped. And here's our guest, John Priest. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the Thought Leader Show, John. It's so good to have you here. Thanks for inviting me. Such a pleasure. Um, so we're just going to dive into this and... Uh, I'd love just for our listeners to find out a little bit more about you as a thought leader because I see you quite often on LinkedIn and uh, I know that you're doing a lot of things to build your personal brand and I know that a lot of people in the industry see you as well and it's incredibly impressive how you do that. So I wanted to find out a little bit more about that. But first, how would you describe your personal brand uh, just in a sentence? Um, it's really interesting you say that because I never actually set out to, to build a personal brand. But um, look, hopefully people who interact with me would um, would say that I'm uh, honest and authentic. Um, and if I get those two things right, then I'll be happy with anything else that they want to say about me. I love that because those are two very, very important qualities, <laughs> right? Um, particularly when you work in property, I think that's so key. Um, that's amazing. And I think that, um, you know, some of what you communicate kind of like on social media, on LinkedIn, I think that that really does convey that uh, because it is quite transparent, right? So it fosters that sort of honesty and that trustworthiness. Um, what are some of the deliberate steps that you've taken to grow your your personal brand? Um, I, I think you mentioned the property industry there flippantly, but um, yes, I was a commercial agent for, for many years and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but if, if I think back to my time when I was in, in property agency, um, 
a lot of the work that I did then was was um, profile building, and it was always behind the brand of the organisation that I worked for, uh, and and that's quite different from building a personal brand. Um, you know, a real estate agent can get profiled by putting their smiley face on every billboard in in, in town. That doesn't mean they've got a personal brand. It means they've got some profile. Um, what I was doing then was also predominantly um, and shamelessly based around business generation and sales um, because that's where the revenue came from. That's where commission came from. So, um, you know, there was a motive, again, not aligned with a personal brand, but with business generation. Um, as we sit here today, as I say, I never really set out to, to build a, a personal brand. Um, what I've been doing on on LinkedIn um, actually started not so long ago. Um, I've been on LinkedIn for a while, but for different reasons, but not so long ago, I got an opportunity to, to write a, a paper for the Corporate Real Estate Journal in, in the UK. Um, broadly, they said, can you write something about the future of work? Um, it was about mid-21, so we're in lockdown. All the kids' court sport were cancelled, so I had time on my hands on the weekend, and I hadn't actually sat down and and. and sort of wrote a considered research and opinion paper for, for, for quite a while. So I, I took the time and I, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I had this thing uh, that was going to get published in a journal somewhere. And I thought I could break this up into parts and, and put it on LinkedIn as a, as a series, um, partly just to see kind of what feedback I would get. So I knew what feedback might come when, when it went in the journal, uh, but partly to, to try and prompt some conversation and debate around, you know, around the things I was, I was writing about. Um, and and I, and I did, I got lots of feedback, which is fantastic, but importantly, were conversations started. each of those conversations triggered different trains of thought. And when I start thinking, it's often a, a jumble. Um, so what I do is I, I tend to write notes and scribble bullet points and then try and formulate what my thoughts actually mean. And some of the better stuff that I wrote, I thought, oh, I'll put that on LinkedIn as well and see how that goes. And, and I got sort of more conversations going and all this train of thought just carried on. And, and, and that's really, um, that's really where, where all of that started. Um, through that, then of course, you know, people read that stuff and they say, Oh, can you come and present? Do you want to be on a discussion panel? I get to do amazing things like speaking to you and amazing guys on, on, on podcasts. And, and I find it fascinating just speaking to different people about a topic that I'm passionate about. And through that, I seem to have developed this personal brand um, centered on, uh, on, a, on a, essentially a piece of research uh, that I did um, nearly a couple of years ago now, but it's grown into something much bigger, um, but it's something that I, you know, I'm, re I'm really, really, really passionate about. So I might not have started as a personal brand, but it's just kind of worked out that way. It's a very strong base for a personal brand, isn't it? That, that, that sort of idea of having a research piece and being known for, you know, a piece of, in, of intellectual property, I guess, really. Uh, and it sounds like it was actually a deliberate step and maybe, you know, some of the, the, the following steps were not as deliberate, but nevertheless, um, they all kind of came out of that deliberate, I guess, seed of an idea that you had to, um, you know, provide your informed, experienced, learned opinion on, on that particular topic. And I think that that's something that we see a lot of thought leaders do, right? They sort of go, what is this thing that I am really expert at and that I can really add value to? And so I guess one of the things that we, it's always very interesting to us on this show is to understand what thought leadership means to you. Now, you might not have set out to become a thought leader, like you said, um, but having, having you know, um, inhabiting that space, what is it that thought leadership means for you? Um, I, I think you just led in really neatly to it there. So I want to build on what you said and just kind of riff off that. It's, it, it's having 
well, for me at least, I think it's having an authentic voice about a subject that you're passionate about and without necessarily having a personal bias uh, associated with that. And I think that latter part is where maybe I do struggle a little bit because, you know, I work in a workplace hospitality business and the future of work is a massive topic and there's evidently quite a bit of crossover there. Um, so that's something that, you know, that's I, I need to tread carefully around that so I'm not just seen as pushing a particular barrow. Um, but ultimately, look, I, I work in that sector. I'm passionate about the sector and that can, does cross over the future of work and, and that's partly where I get my passion for, for the subject. And so that, that building um, of that... Um of that personal brand, that thought leadership, you know, what you're known for, the, the, the you know, John Priest brand, so to speak. Uh, how's it helped you in building your career or, or how has it given you other options that maybe you didn't have in the past? Look, I think having a, a, a positive personal profile in, in any industry, whatever industry you're in, having a positive personal profile is always going to lead to, to great opportunities and, and, I've, and I've benefited from that in the past. Um I think now with what I'm writing about, I'm, I'm very conscious that um, a lot of the things I write won't sit well with a lot of people. I mean, I get a lot of positive feedback, but I know that there are a lot of people that don't fundamentally agree with anything that I write, let alone bits of things that I write. So, yeah, but, you know, you've got to you've got to be authentic in what you write. You've got to be honest. And if my honest view, and I'm saying it with authenticity, but also with respect and empathy for other people's uh, opinions, Hopefully, people will will understand where I'm where I'm coming from and uh, and sort of tolerate me. Um, right now, as I mentioned, it's it's opening up a lot of opportunities. I I I, I kind of keep the personal views that I put on on, on LinkedIn. Um, you know, they are my personal views rather than necessarily the views of you know the business hub where I work. Um, so I've kind of got these two parallel things with a career that I thoroughly enjoy, and then this sort of you know personal thought leadership piece that I you know again is leading to lots of opportunities. Some of those do cross over, um, but it's kind of a parallel stream for me at the moment. But uh, look, uh, where it leads me, I don't know. Um, but you know, I'm a big one living for the day, and, and right now I'm having a bit of fun with it. So good. I think it all is just part of the mix, right? Uh, to generate the results that you're looking for. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly like, okay, where did these results come from? But I think that your point about the opportunities, that's so cool because it does, it drives opportunities, right? That you wouldn't necessarily have otherwise. So, so good. Um, this is a good segue, I think, into the mindset piece, right? So what mindset did you like have you had to adopt to be sharing you mentioned that people are feeling you know that you know that people aren't going to agree uh, necessarily with some of the content that you're sharing because you're coming from you know like you're coming from one perspective and some of the other um property leasing agents potentially may not agree um so yeah how do you kind of foster that mindset that you put it out there anyway regardless of what people say it's the, it's the curse of the thought leader i guess right um yeah i think i think that's one of the, the one of the biggest obstacles for me in all of this was um in the past i've had this um i don't know like most people do, right? You have an inherent desire just to please people, you know, just to make people happy and, or, 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 or at worst, just not to piss them off. Um, and, and of course, what that can lead you to do is have different personas and different views when you're with different people and, uh, and in different situations. But that none of that is authentic and it's also just exhausting. So the, the, the biggest thing for me was to just get past that and go, look, I've got views. They're my own views. It kind of doesn't doesn't matter if people agree with me or not so long as I, I you know they are my views and i'm presenting them in a respectful way um 
so being authentic is, is really, really, really important. It means being you. Uh, and it means that not everyone's going to agree with you. And that's kind of fine. Um, I think um, with experience and um, maturity, people might question if I've got maturity, but with, <laughs> with age, let me put it that way. You kind of get more comfortable in your own skin, but also you do learn how to, uh, how to present a point without being confrontational and, and with respect and with empathy. So um, I think you can present views that not everyone will agree with necessarily, um, but equally in a, in a way that people are going to appreciate you putting those views out there, there anyway. Um, from a mindset, mindset perspective, um, I think positivity is, is really key and not just being, hey, everything's amazing. Um, but it's really easy to be um, one of those people that complains about things. Oh, this is terrible. This is bad. People should do better. Uh, well, that's great. Like, how? How should we do it better? Um, I'm not perfect about that because I can grumble about certain things. You know, you have a, you have a rough day and jump on LinkedIn at nine o'clock at night. It's a terrible day and this, this, and this. But um, I do try and present. I do try and present views and I try and put a positive spin on things. And when I found myself writing something that's going in a negative spiral, I, I, I try and pull myself up on that because I think um, being negative has a negative negative impact on your your, your personal brand. Um, being positive, you know, the converse is happening. So um, I think you've got to, yeah, you just got to be careful how you present your views. Um, you know, even if you're being authentic, try to, to lift them to a point where it's, uh, you're looking at things with a positive light or certainly in a constructive manner rather than necessarily just complaining about things. Um, okay. So how do you know when your personal brand is, is helping other people? Because a lot of what we do when we're building a personal brand is sharing value, right? And so, yeah. How do you know when you've, uh, shared value? How do you know when you're supporting other people rather than kind of just putting content out there? Cause I know like, particularly when I worked in real estate, a lot of people would, or a lot of agents would just kind of share the wins. Um, share transactions. And I know a lot of people on social media would just sell, you know, try and sell something or things like that. And so, yeah, for you, how do you kind of make sure that you're sharing value and how do you know that, I guess, that that um, that your personal brand is helping other people? Um, it's primarily for me, it's the feedback that I get. And, and LinkedIn's uh, an unusual platform to the extent that there are a lot of um, a lot of voyeurs on on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't mean weirdos, but um, people that you know read a lot of content and absorb it and appreciate it, but then will never comment, never like, never you know never interact with it other than reading it. Uh, and I look, I was one of those people in the past as well. You just read stuff and uh, and you know you don't actually interact with it, which is the purpose of social media is to interact. Um, so sometimes it it. it it does feel a bit weird. Um, there are things that I will spend some considered time and I think this is great. Uh, and I'll, I'll put it on LinkedIn and it's like, no one looks at it. Um, and then another time I, I, and I did, I put a picture of my shoes on there once. Um, there, there was a purpose behind a picture of the shoes, but I'm like, it just went off the charts. It was unbelievable. So I, I haven't quite worked out what people like, but you know, there, there is an undertone there that people, have a preference they'll, they'll interact more when it's more personal to you uh, and there is that more authenticity to it than if you are just doing a sales pitch for something and, and i've done that in the past as well in, in previous lives and you don't get any cut through with that i think i think people see straight through that um but the feedback is really is really i find that really rewarding and sometimes it's positive feedback and it just be a you know hey great post uh sometimes it can be don't agree with you john and here's why and that's great as well because that sort of challenged me to think 
um, or it could be just someone who's, you know, who doesn't interact at all online, but you have a meeting with them and you'll sit down for a coffee and they say, hey, saw your stuff on LinkedIn, it's great. Like just getting that feedback to know that someone's bothered to read it <laughs> is, is, is great. Um, you know, a more rudimentary measure, I suppose, is, you know, how many people follow you on a certain platform. Uh, and that's not why I go on LinkedIn, but if you're getting more followers uh, than decreasing in numbers, Hopefully that's because people have read something and they go, oh, this guy's got something to say. Uh, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll follow him and, and see what else he's got to say hereafter. Um, so yeah, tr- trending in an upwards direction rather than a downwards direction, I think is also a positive sign. Yes, yeah, so good. People do love when you show that authenticity and share stories and share like a little bit about your life, like your personal life. I think um, is always good. What other? So other than social media, what other personal branding activities do you do? Because you, because I know you do media. Like you, you got quoted in the media all the time. Uh, you know, on, around your topic of expertise, you speak on panels, you speak at events. Uh, you do your social media. You obviously did that article, the white paper. Uh, what else do you do? Like, do you do things like, you know, uh, a lot of networking? Do you uh, do newsletters to your database? Um, yeah, so that's, this is where the crossover comes with what, you know, I, I actually work in the subject and that, that I'm passionate about. So, you know, a lot of the stuff you see in the, in the press tends to be more related to, to, to my work, you know, that we've, we've opened a new site um, or, you know, a, a customer of ours has done something amazing and, you know, you might find a, a quote around that. A lot of that tends to be around that. Um, a lot of the presentations I do, the panel discussions, the, the, the podcasts, tend to be more centered on my thoughts around the future of work. So that's where you've got these sort of two, two parallel streams. Um, I would love to have more time. Um, not that I want COVID to happen again, don't get me wrong, but I'd love to have more time um, to, to write more. Um, equally, I find that people do prefer to read bite-sized chunks. So if I, uh, again, if, if, if I do a LinkedIn post and it's so long, you have to sort of put it on a link like no one's reading that. Um, if it doesn't fit in the screen and they can just click more and it's all there, um, people have got pretty short attention spans. So, um, uh, yeah, so look, most of my social media stuff is LinkedIn. Um, my Instagram, I keep private and that's really because all of my family are overseas and I share family photographs and stuff on that with, 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 with you know, with family. And that's um, because and your audience is there, social media right? activity is, is through LinkedIn yeah. um, because – Spot on, spot on. That's because the, the, the sort of people that um, that I like to read content uh, tend to be on LinkedIn and, and the, the group and the network that I've built is through LinkedIn. So there's, you know, you kind of got like-minded people and also the, the people that challenge you are on there as well. So that's the platform I would, uh, I would use on social media. But yeah, look, presentations, discussion panels, um, podcasts are, you know, are great now as well. And, and I learn a lot from podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, great opportunities there. And, uh, and, and yeah, and, and, and discussions now, of course, you don't need to be in person to do, to do presentations. I did a presentation at a conference in Dubai this week. Um, I was sitting at home, of course, so I wasn't actually in Dubai, um, but, you know, a live stream. So I did lots more opportunities, not only to, to, to sort of, you know, share your thoughts, but also to listen to the thoughts of other people around the world, which, uh, again, is really important for me to sort of broaden my horizons and, and, and see what's going on in global markets. Because, you know, little Australia here, you know, we do some amazing things, um, but you, you know, got to listen to what's happening in the rest of the world as well. 
Although you got to admit, it's nicer to go to Dubai and Hell present it. in Dubai than present, awesome. you know. From <laughs> <room>. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to bring you back to something you said earlier, John. You said that, um, uh, particularly in relation to your industry, where a lot of agents, property managers, if you like, like they confuse the concept of having a profile with personal brand. And those things are not the same things. Um, I wonder what you think are some of the mistakes people make when building their personal brands. Um, I, I, I've made heaps in the past, so I've, I've probably got a long litany. But um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> can we, can we give me a top three, John. <laughs> uh, I, the, the, the top two, I think, would be just just selling. You know, just going on, just just selling stuff. Like, um, don't get me wrong. I know that there are people in businesses that have to sell because that is their job. Um, but if that's a mechanism to build a personal brand, I think they're on a hide into nothing. And in the same sort of basket, I'd put just shameless self-promotion. You know, my name's John. I'm amazing. And I've got this lease space to sell to you. Um, I, I don't think that, get, that might do a job um, and it might help build a profile, but I don't think that's going to build a, a personal brand because people don't learn anything about you through that. They just learn that, you know, your name is John and you've got some lease space that you want to force down someone's throat. And, uh, and that's that's a very different concept, I think. That's about adding value, right? Rather than just simply, yeah, yeah promotion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've obviously, you know, um, been, you know, uh, aside from your research piece and all your other kind of resulting work from that, uh, you've been sort of working in this sector for a long time. And I wonder, you know, when you think about the people or the brands that have taught you something or that have given you some inspiration that you've applied to your own personal brand, uh, what some of those examples might be? Um, yeah, look, a lot of them have been really recent um, uh, and it's a great question. Um, there's a few people and, and I'll, I'll pick one brand. There are many brands, but I'll pick one brand. So in terms of the people and, the, and you take different things from different people and different brands. Um, Nick Bloom at Stanford, um, he's a researcher um, and he does amazing research. He gathers amazing data. So he's got a, a very authentic voice speaking from a firm foundation of truth and the, and the data and how he infers things from that data, I think is, is really incredible. So, you know, it may seem odd to say you've got to start with a firm foundation of truth, but you know, many people don't and you have to. <laughs> yeah. Don't lie. Um, the second is a guy called uh, Caleb Parker who um, produces a podcast called the Work Bold Podcast. Um, that's in my sector. He write, he, 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 his podcast is about space as a service. So that's right in my wheelhouse in terms of what I do um, for a living. And he has, some, he has some great people on his on his podcasts and he has great conversations with industry experts. So, so from that, I take, you know, definitely leverage the expertise of other people in a sector and learn from them. Um, the, the third one is a guy called Dave Cairns. Um, he works at CBRE in Canada. Um, and uh, not that you'd know if you read his posts on LinkedIn, by the way, have a look at it, but um, he airs his views really honestly, brutally honestly, isn't afraid to, to, to upset people with his views. And some of his views are completely contrary to what you would expect for a, a leasing broker. Um, 
you know, I, what, what I took from Dave and, and he's sort of, he's become a friend over the last couple of years is, is don't be afraid to share your views. If someone disagrees with you, it kind of doesn't matter. You know, that's why you're sharing your views to, 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 to provoke a response, I suppose. Um, and then from a brand perspective, um, I'd, I'd say too good. Um, I don't know if you know too good. They're a not-for-profit in Sydney. You're not in, so that's good. And, and, Look, their sort of their ethos, I suppose, is that you know everything we do is designed to rebuild self worth and independence, and to break free from the cycle of disadvantage. Um, now, now, stepping back from the detail of what they do, um, which is amazing, um, you've got to be about more than business. You've got to you've got to have values that you're true to. So. All of those things, you take different things, you know, you've got, to have, you've got to have data and stats and come from a point of truth, leverage the opinions and expertise of others in the industry, like don't be afraid to share your views, and, but fundamentally like have some values that you're, true to, that you're true to and it kind of comes back to that authenticity piece. So I think there's a whole heap of things there. I could go off on a whole heap of tangents as well, but... The, Mate, you're, you're clearly a student <laughs> of the medium for sure. Um, but, uh, but there's yeah. a handful. Yeah. It's great to see. Fantastic. Excellent. All right. Um, we're going to do our rapid fire round now. We call it the thought leader five. Awesome. I'm going to ask you five questions. First thing that comes into your mind, feel free to explain it a little bit if you want. It's not a, um, a psychometric <laughs> test or anything. First one, number one, favorite book or podcast? Um, a book I read really recently. Um, I my, mind fish is, my mind is like a goldfish, so it's just like the most recent one I've read. Um, is a book called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. Um it's it's about focus, but so much more than that as well. So that that's a great book that I think anyone could could benefit from reading. Uh, podcasts. Um, I mentioned the Work Bold podcast. I like that. That's good. It's about my industry sector. Uh, I also like the Tofty Club, um, which you will never have heard of. It's a very unique uh, podcast about Sheffield United Football Club, and that gives me a little touch of home. So um, they're, they're the sorts of things I listen to and read. Good one. <laughs> Very interesting. All right, number two, uh, what is the one thing you most like to do to unwind and relax? Uh, I run. Yeah, run. Oh, I, in fact, that's probably a grotesque yeah. statement. Jog. Let me put it that way. <laughs> jog. Yeah, yeah, jog, jog. If you're running in your mind, <laughs> exactly. that's what matters. I used to run, jog. now I jog. Let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, just getting out, exercising. Okay, I understand. No music, no distractions, just me on the road. Yeah, it's good. It clears my head. Amazing. Number three, what's your dream travel destination that you haven't been to but you really want to? Ah, uh, that I haven't been to. That's a, that, that's a really tough one. A, a place that I have been to that I would love to go back to, which doesn't answer the question I appreciate, but I'll go there anyway, um, is a place called Cadaqués, um, which is in the northeast of Spain, about two hours north of Barcelona. Um and just in a, you know what would have been a little fishing village years back, and that's a, a little, little bit more tourism there, but just an amazing part of the world. And uh, and and you walk sort of a kilometre down the road, and there's this tiny place called Port Legat, and that's where Salvador Dali lived. Uh, just just an amazing place. Um, wow. Somewhere I haven't been to. One of my colleagues went to the Maldives recently and came back with these photographs that just yeah just made me drill with envy it looks amazing so yeah maybe the yeah. Maldives I think the Maldives I think you'd share that um, dream destination with many people <laughs> and, and of course Please like we said <laughs> I was just about to say that not a very subtle one um, okay number four chocolate or cheese 
that's easy. I can leave chocolate alone all day long, but cheese is amazing. Yeah. Cheese is your kryptonite. Spot yeah. on. Yeah. Preferably with red wine. Of course. Is there any other way? Right? <laughs> uh, and finally, number five, um, one golden nugget, your golden nugget of advice for our listeners. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll borrow this one and I'll borrow it from a guy called Dan Millman. Um, I think he, I think he wrote in the eighties. Um, and it's about change. And I think, you know, the, the, you know, the pace of change today, at least feels whether it is or not, um, it feels like it's greater than it's ever been before. And there was this great quote from, from Dan and he said, the secret to change is not to focus your energies on fighting the past, but building the new. And I, and I think there's a nice sentiment in that. There's a, there's, there's a very, yeah, there's, it's, a very useful thing that sometimes when you have those days and everything seems to be going wrong, you go, yep, yeah, it's really not worth my energy. Let's look forward. I love that so much. And particularly in these uncertain times when I think there's so much that can weigh us down and even just reading the news can feel so burdensome. Um, sometimes and we're like, you know, it can just make a spiral into that negativity, you know, that state of negativity. And um, and so, yeah, looking forward, that that's brilliant. I love that one. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Uh, okay, I've got actually one more uh, question before I wrap up. How much time do you put towards personal brand building? Because I know that one of the biggest excuses people have is that they don't have enough time to, you know, share on personal uh, on on social media to share. Uh, you know, in terms of any personal brand building activity, it can drop off to the end of the list of things to do. And so, how much time do you actually spend on it? Um. Look, look, it varies. Um, it varies week on week. It depends, you know, what I've got work-wise, what I've got family-wise. Um, but I, I think I used to get hung up in thinking that, you know, particularly the, the content I put on, on social media needed a huge amount of thought. I mentioned earlier, like, the, the, the stuff I put real thought into gets not cut through at all. Um, whereas the stuff I do in, you know, on the bus, in the way to work in five minutes, um, you know, often gets a lot of traction. So I, I think you can kind of overburden yourself by overthinking things. Um, whereas if you have a thought and you think it's a good one and it kind of makes sense, just put it out there, see how it goes. Hey, if it bombs, kind of so what? Um, but if someone reads it and likes it, oh, that's a good outcome. So um, in terms of uh, time, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I Sometimes it could be a couple of hours a week. Sometimes it could be 10 minutes because that's all, all I've had. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's certainly something that um, as – I built the networks on social media and I was getting, you know, good feedback. I, I, I do now tend to try and set time aside, whereas before I just let it fill in around other things. Now I do time to try to put time aside for it. But like I say, the quantum of time will vary week on week. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I think sometimes people can, yeah, feel like, oh, it's going to take, you know, I have to spend all day on it or, you know, I have to log back onto the computer at the end of the day to do it as an additional task. But sometimes it is, it's just a 10 minute exercise, hey? Yeah. And sometimes it is when just when a thought comes to your mind, like don't overthink it, just blurt it out there and see what happens, you know, and I'm not being flippant, but, you know, sometimes those are the best things that, you know, that spring to mind, you go, get it and, and use it. Yeah. And I love that. It's like, if one thing doesn't do well, like if one post gets crickets, it's like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Just move on to the next one. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. I um, love that so much. So everyone needs to follow John on LinkedIn. Uh, so we'll put a, a link to that. Uh, what, where can people find out more about you, John? Yeah. LinkedIn's as good as anywhere. Um, if anyone wants to contact me directly, 
uh, on my business email. Very, that's on LinkedIn as well. So you can go to LinkedIn and find it on there. So my contact details are not a secret. Um, but yeah, that would be the best place. That's certainly where I channel most of my energies in terms of the, uh, the, the content that I put out there. And photos of your shoes. And photos of my shoes. If you want to see my um, seven-year-old uh, RM Williams boots, they're on there. Yep. Well, that's a big draw card. Everyone knows you heard here first. You can see John's uh, dusty old boots on LinkedIn. Uh, we'll provide all those details in the show notes. John Priest, thank you for joining us on the Thought Leader Show. No, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a, a great pleasure to speak to you both. Thank you, John. You're listening to the Thought Leader Show. We've just spoken with John Priest. Really fascinating chat. Uh, Beck, I really enjoyed what he had to say about um, building his personal brand from a single piece of research and becoming known for, for being an expert in a particular field uh, and how he sort of like built that very, he says not deliberately, but it sounds like you really put a lot of thought and consideration into it. And I think it's, you know, pretty admirable way to do it. I love that he used content that he was using for something else and was able to repurpose it on social media. And I think this is one of the key things that people forget that they can do is that they can create like a big piece of content, whether that's for the media, whether that is, you know, a course content, a book even, uh, you know, wherever they're going in terms of the, building their personal brand to whatever level, but they can use that content across across channels like social media. And I think it's so important to be repurposing all of your content. So you're not just creating content, using it once and then never seeing it again. You're using it again I agree. And, and obviously again I'm a marketing again. guy here, so I'm going to love that naturally. Um, it's such a classic marketing technique, right? Invest in a big rock and then, you know, break off tiny chunks, like he said, and use it in as many places as possible. Stretch it out, remix it, cut it together in different ways. A very kind of, uh, I guess, um, you know, tried and tested approach. And I think it's a really good lesson for our listeners to understand that you don't need to be reinventing the wheel every single time that actually that central kind of really juicy nugget uh, can give you a lot of value over time. So I think John's really, really nailed it in that sense. Yeah, he's such a cool guy and so well liked in the industry. And I think you know, he mentioned that his personal brand is all around uh honesty and what did he say honesty and honesty and authenticity uh authenticity and and i think people do know him as that but that he kind of described his personal brand like that was awesome because i think you know sometimes we could you know if someone asked me what my personal brand is i'd be like oh you know i'm a coach and a consultant and i help people to build their personal brands but it's like actually going no like my my personal brand is you know authentic and honest and and i think that is so such an incredible way to look at it rather than just looking at you know what you factually kind of bring to the table it's like how do you want i agree i think what's you? particularly compelling about John is that he understands that you can't be self-promoting, you can't be salesy, you can't be sort of like, you know, just shooting out hot takes all day long on LinkedIn. You know, he really understands that concept of adding value. And, you know, you guys spoke about that at the start of the interview, how 
really delivering value to your audience is, is one of the central kind of tenets, I guess, of being a thought leader. And we see this with brands as well. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of brands that, uh, that I've worked with and that we, they, that we work with, um, that my team works with, you know, really delivering value out first, giving that, you know, being, I guess, almost generous in your approach um, is the fastest way to create a group of people that are really dedicated and committed to following your, your opinion and your leadership. Yeah. And I always talk to my clients and kind of when I'm working with my clients, I'm always just saying that it is about the value that you are providing, but also being yourself. It's like 50% value and 50% being yourself. So showing that kind of like authentic look into your life as a person, uh, like John was talking about it, that's what can kind of get, get that engagement rather than just sharing factual content or uh, just sharing promotional kind of content. It's like adding that value and adding, you know, that kind of insight into you Absolutely. as a person. Thank you, John, for being a part of the Thought Leader Show. Uh, and uh, hopefully everyone got something useful out of that. I learned something and I uh, also know that John has a really great pair of dusty old Iron Williams boots to his name. <laughs>